Tophet, or hell, is ordained of God. For Tophet is ordained of old, yea, for the king it is prepared. He hath made it deep and large. The pile thereof is fire and much wood. The breath of the Lord like a stream of brimstone doth kindle it. Isaiah 30, verse 33. Whether or not this refers to hell, the Gehenna of everlasting destruction, or to its earthly type, it is true that hell, the vortex of eternal ruin, is an ordinance of God for the final punishment of rebellion. God ordained institutions for governing, controlling, and blessing His faithful children. With these, God's children could affiliate, could work in and through them. There were also ordinances of God to punish His rebellious children, to destroy His obdurate enemies. Into these, God's children could not enter, affiliate with, could not support or direct, and on them they could not rely for help. Not only were these evil institutions God's ordinances, but wicked men who directed them were recognized as His servants. They constituted the constituency or the subjects of these divine institutions because God used them to accomplish His work of punishing sin and destroying His enemies. In this sense, God ordained all the institutions of earth and used the vilest sinners of earth as His servants. He used the rebellious and the wicked to punish his disobedient children and to destroy others whose measure of wickedness was full. Then, in turn, he punished the wicked individuals and peoples that he had used for doing the very work he had used them to accomplish, because they did it from a wicked, rebellious, and cruel spirit. The Lord made the wicked for the day of evil. Proverbs 16, verse 4. Take as an example the king and kingdom of Babylon and Assyria. Their character as a wicked, rebellious, impious king and nation has been clearly presented to us. Yet Isaiah chapter 10, verses 5 through 13 says, Ho Assyrian, the rod of mine anger, the staff in their hand is mine indignation. I will send them against an hypocritical nation, and against the people of my wrath will I give him a charge to take the spoil, and to take the prey, and to tread them down like the mire of the streets. Howbeit he meaneth not so, neither doth his heart think so. But it is in his heart to destroy, and cut off nations not a few. For he saith, Are not my princes, all of them kings? Is not Calno as Carchemish? Is not Hamath as Arpad? Is not Samaria as Damascus? As my hand hath found the kingdoms of the idols, whose graven images did excel them of Jerusalem and of Samaria, shall I not, as I have done unto Samaria and her idols, so do to Jerusalem and her idols? Wherefore it shall come to pass, that when the Lord hath performed his whole work upon Mount Zion and Jerusalem, I will punish the fruit of the stout heart of the king of Assyria and the glory of his high looks." For he hath said, By the strength of my hand have I done it, and by my wisdom, for I am prudent, and have removed the bounds of the peoples, and have robbed their treasures, and I brought down as a valiant man them that sit on thrones. This clearly reveals these truths. 1. The Jewish people were rebellious. 2. God used the Assyrians, an idolatrous, cruel nation, to punish them. 3. 
that he calls this wicked nation the rod of mine anger, the rod which he would use to punish Jerusalem and Judah that needed chastisement. He calls Judah a hypocritical nation, pretending to serve him yet not doing it, and says, I will send him the Assyrian against this Judah to punish him. He was to take the spoil, the prey, and tread them down as the mire in the streets. Howbeit he meaneth not so. It is not in his heart to go because God bids him, nor for the purpose of carrying out the will of God. But he is a bloodthirsty, ambitious tyrant, thinking only to conquer and destroy nations to gratify his own ambition and greed. So far from doing it to please God, he thinks the God of the Jews not so great as the images and idols of other countries that he has conquered. He boasted that of his own wisdom, strength, and valor he had conquered these nations. So God says, When the Lord has performed his work upon Mount Zion and Jerusalem, has fully punished them for their sins, I will punish the fruit of the stout heart of the king of Assyria and the glory of his high looks. God overrules this proud, cruel, domineering spirit of the wicked nation to punish his disobedient children, then punishes that nation for doing this work. He claimed that he would permit only so much punishment on Judah as he purposed, so absolute was this overruling control that he exercised over Nebuchadnezzar that he speaks of him as an axe or as a saw in his hand. Shall the axe boast itself against him that heweth therewith? Shall the saw magnify itself against him that shaketh it? Assyria is an axe in the hand of God with which he hews down wicked nations. These exemplify two other scripture truths. The wicked are the sword of the Lord. Deliver my soul from the wicked which are thy sword, from men which are thy hand. Psalm 17, verse 13. God overrules the wicked to punish his people and destroy his enemies. The other truth is, Surely the wrath of man shall praise thee. The remainder of wrath shalt thou restrain. Psalm 76, verse 10. That is, God will so overrule the wrath of man as to accomplish his praise. Whatever will go beyond this, God will restrain, as is exemplified above. It was to God's praise that rebellious Jews should be punished. God directed the bitter wrath and cruelty of Assyria so as to punish the Jews just so far as that punishment would reflect honor and praise on God. He restrained the wrath of Assyria that it should not go beyond that point. It was not to God's praise that his chosen people should be wholly destroyed. Hence, hath he smitten him as he smote those that smote him? Isaiah 27, verse 7. Again, For I will make a full end of all the nations whither I have scattered thee, but I will not make a full end of thee. But I will correct thee with judgment, and will in no wise leave thee unpunished. Jeremiah 30, verse 11. But other nations, sustaining openly and fully a rival government to his, when there was no hope of their turning to him in subjection to and support of his government, were destroyed unto the end. For the nations that will not serve thee shall perish. Yea, those nations shall be utterly wasted. Isaiah 60, verse 12. 
When a rebellious nation was for a time exalted and seemed to prosper, it was in order that the destruction might be sudden and marked to be seen of all men as a warning. When the wicked spring as the grass and all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they may be destroyed forever. Psalm 92, verse 7. But as we follow up this history of Assyria and Judah, we find in Jeremiah 25, verses 8 through 14, Because ye have not heard my words, behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, saith the Lord, and I will send unto Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon my servant, and will bring them against this land, and against the inhabitants thereof, and against all these nations round about. And I will utterly destroy them, and make them an astonishment, and an hissing, and perpetual desolation. And these nations shall serve the king of Babylon seventy years. And it shall come to pass, when seventy years are accomplished, that I will punish the king of Babylon, and that nation, saith the Lord, for their iniquity, and the land of the Chaldeans. And I will bring upon that land all my words which I have pronounced against it, even all that is written in this book which Jeremiah hath prophesied against all the nations. For many nations and great kings shall serve themselves of them, even of them. And I will recompense them according to their deeds and according to the work of their hands. Now, follow this history up to the 50th and 55th chapters of Jeremiah, and read there the terrific appeal God makes to marshal the nations against this Babylon for the crimes committed by Nebuchadnezzar, my servant. For lo, I will stir up and cause to come up against Babylon an assembly of great nations from the north country, and they shall set themselves an array against her. From thence shall she be taken." Set yourselves in array against Babylon round about, all ye that bend the bow. Shoot at her, spare no arrows, for she hath sinned against the Lord. For it is the vengeance of the Lord. Take vengeance upon her, as she hath done, do unto her. This was all done because she had been the servant of the Lord in punishing Israel, and in cutting off and destroying nations not a few. Howbeit he meaneth not so, neither doth his heart think so, but it is in his heart to cut off and destroy nations not a few. The end of this fearful marshalling of the nations to the destruction of Babylon by this vengeance of the Lord was, Babylon shall become heaps, a dwelling place for dragons, an astonishment, a hissing without an inhabitant. Jeremiah 51 verse 37 Read the whole of chapters 50 and 51. Yet of all that mighty host of nations summoned by God to spoil and destroy Babylon, not one knew the Lord God, and each in its turn was doomed to destruction for the cruel, bloodthirsty spirit that led it to war upon Babylon. Yet God said of this cruel horde, The Lord hath opened his armory, and hath brought forth the weapons of his indignation. For the Lord, the Lord of hosts, hath a work to do in the land of the Chaldeans. Jeremiah 1, verse 25 This wicked horde of idolatrous and degraded nations constituted the armory of the Lord, 
from which he drew the weapons that would execute his indignation on those who established governments of their own in opposition to the government of God. God had a work, a work of destruction to do in the land of the Chaldeans, and he used these wicked people drawn from his armory of rebellious nations to destroy the Chaldeans. The end was, Therefore the wild beasts of the desert with the wolves shall dwell there, and the ostriches shall dwell therein. And it shall be no more inhabited forever, neither shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation.'"